take your copy of God's Word and turn to Matthew chapter 7. As we near the end of our series on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, we'll have uh, one more uh, message after today in Matthew, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, and then about a six-week stretch, um, and I'm pretty sure I know the book will be in for that. And then looking and praying towards the fall preaching through the book of Revelation, which I did many years ago. Um, and of course, with all that's going on, uh, it, is, uh, it is an interest to many of us. And so, uh, you can pray that I'll know for sure the book of Revelation is not something you just uh, flippantly launch off into. And uh, so, anyway, Matthew chapter 7 will be in verses 13 to 23 today. <clears throat> As uh, Pastor Andy mentioned, Pastor Clark is, is out. He'll have surgery on this coming Wednesday. But uh, to do so, he had to go in yesterday and have a COVID test, and then he'll have to remain isolated until Wednesday. So COVID test. Now, you won't be seen on the camera. I'm just curious. How many of you have been tested for COVID? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand. Okay, yeah, a good number. So that's the, the deal. Uh, the, the test, do you have it? Do you not have it? Do you have antibodies that show you did have it? We have tests for things. Today we look at a test for Christianity, a test to see whether we know Christ for sure as Savior. And so, therefore, the title is How to Know for Sure. And so, Jesus gives us a few examples here to explain the teaching. He's, he's given teaching throughout the Sermon on the Mount, and here at the end, He's, he's got multiple this way or this way. It's not this way, but it's this way. Here's how you know whether you know Christ as your Savior. So he says in verse 13, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruits, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruits, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness." What I want to do today is take this and just look at the two different ways individually rather than working uh, all the way down with both ways. Just take them one at a time. And the first is the, the way, the path that leads to destruction. And Jesus says that the way that leads to destruction, it's a wide gate. It's a broad path, and many find it. It requires no decisions. There's no dedication required. All you have to do to end up where the devil wants you and where God doesn't want you is to just to go along with the flow. 
just to look at the crowd and say, whatever they're doing must be the thing to do, and I'll just do what they do. And unfortunately, he says, many go this way. Now, Jesus doesn't say that the many who go the way of destruction and the few that go the way of life, that that's his will. In fact, we know it's not his will. The Scripture tells us that it's not his will that any should perish. Christ died so that all would have the opportunity to turn to Christ, but he says, unfortunately, wide is the gate, and it leads to destruction. It's not advertised that way. You know, the devil doesn't come to us and say, how would you like some destruction in your life? How would you like to live in wanton wickedness? How would you like to, to, to live your life completely immersed in darkness? No, it doesn't come to us that way. It doesn't advertise his ways, his paths that way, whether we're Christians or not. The Christian with temptation, it's the same way. He comes to us in a lot more pleasantly packaged proposals. He comes to us with things that sound good to us. But Jesus says, many, many, unfortunately, go this way. That's why we're still here as a church. That's our our job security, is that we're left here to take the gospel to those who are presently going through the wide gate, presently going down the path of destruction. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are not many ways to get to heaven. There are not many religions that are all the same, and you just all end up being good enough to go to heaven. No, no, Jesus said, I am the only way. No one comes. Scripture says, there is no other name given under heaven by which men may be saved. It's not my way. It's not the way that I think it ought to go. It's not my old life plus Jesus. It's turning to Jesus as my Savior and then imperfectly following after Him. He says, beware of the false prophets. Now, the false prophets have been around for a long time, particularly in the Old Testament. You can read stories in the Old Testament where the prophets almost worked for the king, and the prophets would come and tell the king whatever he wanted to hear. You can today hear about anything you want to hear. If you want to decide what you want the message of the Bible to be for yourself, you could probably find someone on the Internet who's teaching that very thing. But if you want to take the Scripture and you want to treat it as it's written, it becomes more narrow. And he says there are false prophets, and they appear to be in sheep's clothing, trustworthy like believers, but inside they're ravenous wolves seeking their own way, seeking financial gain, seeking fame by their teaching. You can go with 30,000 people and gather in Houston, in America's, one of America's largest churches today. And it can feel just like church. You can watch it online, of course, too. But it's not the gospel. It's not the Scripture. It's sheep, appearance in ravenous wolf heart because of the teaching. You'll know them, he says, by their fruits. He says, you can't get grapes from a thorn bush, can you? They had a buckthorn bush, and it produced these little black berries, and from a distance, they would look like grapes. And he says, you can't get figs from a thistle, can you? Well, they also had a thistle bush that produced from a distance what looked like a fig-like fruit. So Jesus is using an example that they would understand. He says, the fruit will always eventually tell the tale. Fruit is fruit. Fruit. 
eventually you'll know whether it's false fruit or not because there's some fruit that looks to be true. Weeds, most of my life when I've owned a yard, uh, I've been one of the best at watering and mowing weeds so that they look pretty nice. You cut them short, you water them, well, they can look pretty good, but they're weeds. The fruit will always eventually tell the tale. But don't be confused because Jesus is not going, he's going to finish in just a moment. He's not talking about appearance only. What you'll see here in the package that Jesus is presenting is that it's the inside and the outside. It's the outside and the inside that tell us that we know Christ as our Savior. So he's not saying it's just the outside. In fact, he's saying the opposite, that the outside for some appears to be religious, appears to be following Christ, but there's nothing at all happening inside, and so the fruit will eventually show the truth. Every good tree bears good fruit. The bad tree bears bad fruit. You can have a tree that doesn't do so well this year, but if you have an apple tree that never once produces an apple, that's not a good apple tree. It's not a one-day snapshot. It's a video of the life of the so-called believer. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. It's a harsh message. Why? Because the worst thing we can do is assume that we're okay. The worst thing that we can do is be a member of a church, to have parents who are members of a church, to be Americans and therefore just be Christians, but never really know Christ as our Savior. That's the worst thing that could happen to us because then we will be like the tree thrown into the fire of hell. Jesus spoke a lot about hell. Why? Because he loved us so much that he didn't want us to go to hell. He paid the price. We sing about it today. It is enough that Jesus died for me. And he wants us to quit trusting if we are in our outward religion, but to trust in Jesus Christ as the only possible payment for our sin. But then this verse 21 Not everyone, he says to me, who says, Lord, Lord, to call him Lord was significant. It was this very word that caused persecution among the believers in the early church, having to declare that Caesar was Lord. This was a significant word. So he says, these are very religious people who will come to me, some of them, in that day. When judgment comes, the great white throne judgment where those who don't know Christ as Savior will be gathered, and it will be declared to them why they're not entering into the kingdom of heaven. It's a very sad, sad moment. It's not what God willed. It's not what God intended for them. But he says, they'll come and they'll say, they'll call me Lord. And they'll say, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And in your name, did we not do many miracles? Now, he never says they did. He says, they will say that they did. We know that the devil also has power. For some reason that God only knows, he will allow him to use his power at times. He doesn't say that these are true claims. We don't know, but they will declare it. Basically, we did a lot of churchy stuff. And he says, I'm sorry. I never knew you. They were just doing religion, but they never knew him in their heart. And my prayer today is if you're in this place or you're watching by video and you'd say, I've been a member of a church for a long time. And I would go to the Lord and I would say, Lord, Lord. Or I would say, Baptist, Baptist. 
but I really don't know that if I died tonight, I would go to spend eternity with Christ in heaven. That today you can deal with that. The devil will lie to you as he always does, and the devil will say, don't deal with that yet. Put that off. Think about it some more. And the Lord would say, why wait? Come today in your heart to trust Christ alone as your Savior, and then allow Him to begin changing you from the inside out so that the outward part of your Christianity will have its root in the heart, and it won't be a weed which grows up quickly and then dies, but it will be true Christianity. So these are the very religious people that He says will not enter the kingdom of heaven. What then of those who aren't even very religious but really don't know Him, who are just trusting in church membership, and that's about it, who just check Baptist on the hospital administration uh, admittance paperwork there. Do you know Him as your Savior? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to take up Jesus' words, the tone of His own passage here, to say, make sure you know. I'm not talking about, "Did, did yesterday not go well, so therefore you're not a Christian. No, no. I'm talking about Is there any fruit? We'll get to that in just a moment. And he says, I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Isn't that interesting? Because here they are, they're saying, we cast out demons, we did miracles, we prophesied. He says, no, actually, you practice lawlessness. You're just covering it with religion. But there's another way. And it's the way that I want us to be on. I want me to be on. I want you to be on. He says there's another way, and it's very narrow. It's a small gate, and it's a narrow way. It requires a decision. But here's the beautiful thing. When you go against the crowd, when you go against the many who are following through the wide gate and the broad path, and you choose the narrow gate, you choose the narrow way, That choice to come to know Christ as Savior is glorifying Him in all the heavens. All through the earth, He gets glory when one calls on His name for salvation. And I hope that you have had that experience. I hope that you've had that experience where you admitted to God, I'm a sinner, and on my own, the way that I am, I'm headed to hell, but I believe that you left the glories of heaven, came to the earth, died in my place on the cross. And therefore, even though I don't understand all of it, even though that I know I'll still be imperfect, even though I know that I'll still not do the right things many times, will you come into my heart? Will you forgive me because of what the cross accomplished for me? And will you live there as my Lord and Savior, choosing the narrow gate, the narrow way that leads to life? And the good tree then bears good fruit. What does that look like? I wish I could give you an exact equation. Good fruit in the Christian life looks exactly like this. I don't think I can. But you'll know it when you see it in your life and in others. It's not false fruit. False fruit will eventually go away. But it's growth in Christ. You know, when we were moving to Albuquerque two and a half years ago, talked to the realtor about a home and, and said, Does, do you think this home has drip irrigation? And she said, this home has been sitting empty. If it didn't have drip irrigation, those trees and those bushes would be dead. Yes, it has drip irrigation. To grow a plant, to grow a tree, you've got to plant a live tree, and then it's got to have water. 
and it's got to have sunlight. And we get plenty of sunlight here, so we just got to supply the water. Someone who knows Christ will bear fruit. The first step is to make sure that the Holy Spirit has been planted in you. As you've come to know Christ, how do you get the Spirit of God in you? You trust Christ as your Savior. The moment that you come to that place, you truly repent, admit your sin to God. You truly are placing your faith saying, the only way I can get to heaven, the only way I can know God is through what Christ did for me. I accept that. Please become my Savior. I place my faith completely in you. It's not about the prayer. We express it by prayer but it's about the heart, trusting in Christ for salvation. At that moment, you get all of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is planted in you, and then as a believer, as you water it and give sunlight through the Word, your study of God's Word daily, through prayer, your communion with God and prayer, you're going to bear fruit. There's going to be a growth inside you. You're going to notice a change inside you. You're going to notice that there are things that you before could do without any problem that now the Spirit of God speaks to you in your heart and says, you know that's not for you anymore. You're gonna grow in your attitudes. You're gonna grow in your desire to forgive other people. I'm not saying you always do, but you're gonna grow in your desire to. You're gonna grow in your desire to be in the Word, your desire to pray, your desire to witness. Then we're imperfect in our application of these things, but there's gonna be a change in the way that you see life and the way that you think about life. There's gonna be fruit in your life. That's the package Jesus is looking for here, those who know him and then follow him. He said to those who said, Lord, Lord, but he said, I don't know you. It's those who do the will of the Father. Again, don't get confused. He's not talking about just doing the outward will. He's talking about having an inner heart that has faith in Christ, which produces a desire to do his will. Believing in him is part of that will. There are at least four kinds of people. Well, actually, I heard one time that there are three kinds of people, those who can count and those who can't. Thank you. But that has nothing to do with this. There are at least four kinds of people here. There are those who, they don't know Christ, and it just shows. They're not pretending to. They know they don't. You know they don't. And it shows. It's obvious. There are those who don't know Christ But because they've either misunderstood, they've not been taught, or they're just resistant to the Lord, they don't know Christ, but they're trying to to package it, to cover it with religion. There are those who know Christ, but boy, you sure have a hard time discovering it. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal that at your funeral, the pastor has to say without saying it, I know that you're all shocked to hear that this guy was a believer, but he really was. Don't be that guy. You know, it's beautiful. And when I preach a funeral, when your pastors at this church preach a funeral, the gospel will be declared. That's just, there's no, you know, if you don't want that, don't ask. But what's beautiful is when the person who has passed knew the Lord, and it was obvious to everyone, and that family wants the gospel. That's the way it's supposed to be. Don't be the one who doesn't know Christ, but don't be the one who does, but you just, you you resist letting the Spirit work in you so that you almost bear no fruit. And the preacher has to preach you into heaven, which we don't do, but he would almost need to for those to believe that it was true. Jesus says, it's not the inside only that matters. It's not the outside only that matters. It's that the inside has been 
transformed because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't take the Spirit of God and put Him in something and it not change. You can't take the Holy of Holies that only one man entered into once a year with a rope tied to his ankle in case God killed him because they weren't going to go in after him so they could pull him out. You can't take that and put that in your heart and nothing change. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm trying to stumble the right direction after Christ. But you can't have zero change and know that Christ has come in your heart. The inside matters. He says the outside matters too, but not in a showy religious way, but that you've been changed so much in the inside that it just shows up on the outside. You're so full of the Spirit that it can't help but show itself on a day in and a day out basis. How do you know for sure? If you're here, in just a moment, we're going to pray, we're going to sing. You can nail that down today. If you'd say in your heart today, I, 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 you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, don't leave here like that. Nail it down today. There's no reason to wait. Uh, the, this room full of people will be excited to see that happen in you. If you're watching online, in just a moment, we'll pray. And I'll lead you in a prayer, simple prayer. It's not about the prayer. It's about your heart, just putting your faith in Christ as your Savior. But you obey, step out, follow. There's no reason to wait as we pray together. Father, thank you for this word to me this week. Oh, Father, I pray that Sandia Baptist Church would be filled with people who have come to know you for sure as their Savior and are walking with you in such a way that it just can't help show. And that when people interact with us out in the community, when people come into this building, that they will say, that's a humble people. They're not trusting in how religious, how perfect they are, but they've found a Savior, and it shows. Oh, Father, I pray for the one watching by video right now who doesn't know you for sure, that today they would nail it down and place their faith in you. I pray for the one here in this room who doesn't know you for sure, that they will nail it down for sure. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior today, pray with me if you desire to. The words aren't magic. It has to be your heart wanting to. But would you pray this simple prayer with me? Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me on what was my cross. I admit that I am a sinner. And I admit that I need you to pay for my sin. Please forgive me because of the cross. Please come into my heart and live there forever. Show me how to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.